Ah, the holy wars of too much or too little documentation. It's an age-old topic. Let's dig into it for a couple minutes. That's this week on the Badass Agile Podcast. Greetings, team. Welcome to the Badass Agile Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Williams. Hello to all my badass friends. Welcome back. I'm so happy to have you here, tuning in every week, checking it out, throwing down some comments. Hey, why not join us in the Badass Agile Listener Lounge on Facebook? Details are in the show notes below. And also, if you're interested in finding out what we're up to in the Forge, come on over to badassagile.com forward slash the hyphen forge and sign up for our newsletter. I'll keep you up to date. I'll even bring you some of the little tips and learnings as we go. Okay, this week, let's tackle the age-old argument of documentation, too much versus too little. But before we do that, let's take a moment to remember why we're here to create an elite tribe of leaders who truly serve their clients and communities by doing what matters and what works, relentlessly chasing value and excellence like a badass. There's so many resources out there about what you need to do to be agile, but we're focused on who you need to become in order to lead teams. So let's hammer down those fundamentals to create a truly unique and powerful force in this industry. And remember, if this show helps you, tell your friends. I appreciate everything you do for us. Okay, let's talk documentation. Here's the reality. I love to write. I love to get up every morning and reflect on what I did yesterday, what I learned, reflect on what I do today, and how that will roll up to who I most want to become. I document my reflections, my observations, my ideas, my important to-dos. But you know something? After a certain point, too much reflection, too much writing, too much capturing is just too much. I could easily write from 6 a.m. to about 10 a.m. because I enjoy the practice so much, but even I realize that you can't live a life that way. Sure, we all have moments where we like to reach backwards and say, what was it that that guy said? What was that book that that person told me I got to pick up? Or that restaurant recommendation? Or what street did they say they lived on? We'd love to be able to go back and just pull from the archives what was said, what happened, where we were, at what time, on what day, who was there, But the reality is, the cost of keeping that level of detail is just too high. We want to live life, don't we? We don't want to just write about it and read about it. And by the way, who's going to read it? Not even you would read the book of your own life if it had been scribed minute by minute. Now, many of us love to read long, in-depth books. We like to spend time with the characters. We like to grow with them. We like to know the minute details. We like to have our own questions answered by the words on the page. But when it comes to our work, when it comes to our software even, I'm a true believer that the writing should be more like journalism and less like literature. We need to stick to the facts that are important. And like any other part of agility, documentation has a customer. It has a product owner. There are people who will need to use it and there are people who won't. And then there will be the people who insist on it just because they think they might need it or just because they think that they should. And I think that's where some of the problems come up. Now, this is important because as you're trying to transform organization, if you're trying to introduce agility for the first time, you may get some pushback around the level of documentation that you do, A, and B, the level of documentation that you commit to up front. That is to say, how much of that detail, how much of that journal, 
how much of that record is essential before we begin building it. We assume that documentation is a valid way to communicate agreement and to reach certainty, but in truth, it's not. As with the rest of the Agile philosophy, it has to be about the minimum effective dose. Minimum viable product, the smallest increment that will work. And maybe the best way to approach that is to tear it all down. Start with no documentation and then go meet your customers. That is to say the support professionals, the users, the auditors, the testers, all of the people who will use your product and need to understand it will gladly tell you how much detail is enough. But only if we ask the question, why? Who does this serve? What is the best way to get you 80% of the value in 20% of the time? When we do too much documentation, what does that look like? Where does it leak? And then once you've established that, I want you to remember that there's more than one way to deliver that minimum effective dose. One of the big problems with documentation is the time that it takes to prepare it and the time that it takes to consume it. So sure, if people aren't consuming it, we don't want to spend the time building it because they don't want to spend the time reading it. So if we strip it all down and build our process or our agreements back up from the ground, we'll at some point arrive with how much documentation is just right but then, in order to minimize the amount of time that it takes to prepare it or consume it, why aren't we more creative? For example, what's wrong with audio documentation, video documentation? Especially video documentation that doesn't require a big fancy setup or a ton of post-editing, but rather simple, casual documents that we would create either by taking an audio memo or just whipping out your smartphone, creating a short video, a short how-to, now, that's how most of the internet learns today. If you're trying to learn guitar, you might go to one of hundreds or thousands of websites that try to demonstrate techniques or how to play a song using a video instruction. Believe it or not, before the written word, we were still able to teach one another how to take on new skills, how to improve, and pass our traditions down through generations without ever setting pen to paper because they didn't exist. So we have to assume that at one point, conversation, the spoken word, was the primary method of communicating ideas, and then actual live practice was the most common way of developing and imprinting those skills. So in a way, documentation is as much about teaching as it is about archiving reference material. So when you look at it that way, we should be using the tools and the techniques that are popular in our current time. Whether that's using wiki-style or reddit-style or Quora-style documentation, question-and-answer formats, all the way down to podcasts, videos, or very quick animations, sketchnoting, and similar techniques to ensure that we properly capture the minimum effective dose of information that our customers need, but that we're doing it in a way that is easy and efficient to create and easy and efficient to consume. So think about that this week. What can you do to your practice to ensure that we treat documentation like any other customer-facing value? Figure out who needs it, how they use it, and why, so that you can hone in on the elements of documentation that really matter to the team, to the corporation, and to its clients. And then start thinking about innovative ways that we could create, collect, index, and make available that information in a way that matches the way people prefer to learn 
in 2021. Why not reach out through the lounge or directly to me and let me know how this works for you. Bring your ideas. Tell us what you're experimenting with. That's it for this week, guys. I appreciate you being fans. I love you because you're crazy. You can find me at badassagile.com or reach out on Twitter at badass underscore agile. I'll see you next time. And until then, stay badass. Badass.